Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. This week we're hearing from Bernie Shrewsbury, a world-class athlete himself and high-performance coach who has worked with an impressive list of elite performers including Olympic gold medalists and racing drivers, including the likes of Mark Webber, rally legend Colin McRae and James Cracknell. Bernie spent 16 years as a member of the Royal Marines Special Boat Service before turning his hand at a variety of gruelling endurance sports, including triathlons, cross-country skiing, as well as taking part in several Arctic races. He now has more than 30 years of experience of top-level elite competition and knows what it takes not just to get there, but more importantly, how do you stay there and perform at those levels. With such an impressive CV, I was keen to get Bernie's perspective on what it's like to work with athletes at the top of the game, the sort of mental and physical attributes required to reach those levels, and how we can learn to adapt those same traits to help us live and perform better, both in our personal and professional lives. We also had a great conversation around that subject of leadership. Bernie is a highly engaging and outspoken individual with a lot to say about a number of subjects. So please listeners, hold on for this one and enjoy. Welcome Bernie to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Hello, nice to meet you. Yeah, great to have you on the podcast. Great to have you on the podcast to talk about all of your experiences as a elite athlete, as a uh, serving member of the Royal Marines and Special Boat Service for over 16 years but also the fact that you then went on to become high-performance coach, working with leading Formula 1 teams, World Rally Car teams, and also the likes of James Cracknell. And I'm sure there's a lot that our listeners can learn from you during the course of our conversation, Bernie. So, oh, thank you. I um, hope so. Yeah, so great to have you on the podcast. But I suppose for our listeners, probably should... Um, you know, it's a great kind of experiences and career you've had, but where did it all start for you? Okay, so my... Career started as a 16-year-old that joined the Royal Marines, living in sort of the east end of London, not so far from Falls of Dagenham, down that way, and an uh, enthusiastic, active kid that enjoyed kayaking and running and football. Um, not great with the school inside, because I found it tough with my, I suppose, my academic ability, really, with my reading, I suppose, and spelling, I suppose, stuff like that, that I struggled with, everything else was fine. And yeah, so 14 years old, working in a supermarket, thinking, is this it? Is this the journey? And I just thought I can, you know, I've proved in sport as a young kid that I can do, achieve some good things. And 
back then sport wasn't a high profile you never looked at money or no. egos back it then it's just passion so yeah. i kind of thought you know i saw this careers office thing and they spoke about joining the royal Marines. so i managed at the age of 16 to scrape through the entry exam and uh, and that's where it all started really it, right. it, it, it really did it really shone a light on it. Obviously, in the early days, I didn't get it. You know, ringing home after a few weeks saying, Dad, this is a nightmare. I want to come home and need to stick it out, son. Need to find out what it's really about and all that kind of stuff. And and now I look back on it, it was the um, the greatest thing I ever did in my life. Shaping and making. So, yeah, and it's just... And when you, you know, you're 16 and you're multicultural and different backgrounds and, you know, some people, obviously, a bit wealthier than you and some people a lot poorer than you, mm. some people parents were druggies and had nothing and the only option was to join the services or stay in a home and uh, and you watch us all evolve those who you know yeah. out the hundreds that have a, give it a go and the, the handful that pass you realise you've just been turned into something very very special and it's the proudest day of your life when you get that green berry and clearly you absolutely can see the conviction in your eyes that that experience that military service shaped you for the future yeah, it's 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 kind of it's like this modern day. You know, when I used to speak about it years ago, twenty years ago to people, people said to me, "Oh, why are you? You know, sometimes you're not the fittest athlete, but you win. What is it?" And, and they say, "Oh, it's because you're mentally." And I'd say that it's what I learned to deal with in the services that you know that gave me that incredible. And it's about setting those standards for yourself. And I talk about this guy. Um, that you can go onto YouTube. Um, it's basically called about making your bed. It's quite a tongue-in-cheek thing by um, William McRaven, and he's basically the admiral of the um, SEAL Team Six, the, the American okay. SEALs, the Special Forces. And he go and he's in, he's basically doing a conference to some you know these guys finishing in Texas their university, and he's just saying to them, you know, the key thing they ever learned in his life, right, goes back right to the beginning of making yeah. his bed, and you and they're all laughing about it, and he and he's just saying, well, that that principle of making my bed because the title is it changed change the world right and going back to making your bed is the first task of the day and if you do those tasks you get those small tasks right at the beginning of the day the more difficult tasks whether it's in business sport or life yeah if you get the other tasks right then then you'll basically see the benefits and see the progress and you'll feel good about yourself personally and as he said if you have a really shit day and go at least you've got a bed that's made <laughs> it's clean tidy it's made yeah yeah but do you ever look back and think what would have happened to bernie if he hadn't you know as an east london lad and hadn't joined the I military think, yeah i think it's it, it's um it's a really interesting question i i kind of I used to train hard, very disciplined, because what I thought was wonderful back then is I used to be taken, my parents took me to a pond, basically a large pond, it wasn't even a lake, to train in my kayak. And I think I probably would have gone on to become an outdoor instructor yeah. properly and probably got into the world of mountaineering and all that kind of okay. stuff, which I still play at as a, an old boy now. But yeah, I, I, think, I think teaching, I think I would have enjoyed teaching because I kind of like now I like to pass on because mm. I feel very very privileged individual that that I happen to come across some wonderful individuals and I call them wonderful teachers even though sometimes I was teaching them because yeah. you do learn from people you coach yeah. if that's any yeah. if that's an interest of but I think it is isn't it because I think sometimes you put like-minded individuals together and you can have one coaching another but you, if you're there as a decent coach you're listening yeah. and responding to how the others what they're saying, how they're behaving, how they're performing, and you've yeah. got to take that in. Otherwise, you're 
otherwise it's arrogance, isn't it? That's you right. think you know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also about, you know, when you're communicating and it's like I said, is the the coaching side of everything, coaching, life coaching is an incredible thing or teaching. It's, it's you know, you look at the fitness world at the moment, you know, you can get on a program and just train to a program, but it's, it's, it's how I look at it, it's how it's communicated, how it's taught. Mm. I've been around some of the greatest coaches in the world. You know, I've worked with Jürgen Grobler, the, 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 you know, I spent seven years working with the men's heavyweight Olympic rowing team. You know, he's gone on to work with the French, they're probably gonna thrash us now. You know, they've, they've <laughs> lost a good man now. And he had, he had a very harsh, being East German, you know, he had a very harsh, uh, rigorous regime um, that I got to, I was kind of draw dropping experiences yeah. what I witnessed and and I the admiration for for what he did with your Pince and Cracknell and all those you yeah. know Steve Redgrave all those amazing men you know incredible brilliant and that time therefore serving in the military you you're you're also participating in an elite sport during that time yes, that's so right. yeah. yeah a great opportunity that again I suppose the yeah. forces gave you but you know again for our listeners give us a little insight into your Sporting pedigree, Bernie. Okay, so I, I, I was interested in joining as a junior marine as I was. I, I showed a bit of talent as running on a shingle on the beach, and I got picked for to run for the Marines, and then I went on to represent the Navy, and I hadn't even passed out as a Royal Marine, so right. it kind of <laughs> uh, it set a precedence, I suppose, you know, and yeah. um, gave me a bit of a, a profile. And then basically, I, because there's so many more opportunities with the sport inside. So, and obviously I, as a young Marine, I specialized, went on to specialize once I passed as a, in Arctic warfare. And so you get into cross country skiing. So I went into the cross country ski team the first year I made the GB junior team. And then I went on to train. I, I actually qualified for two Olympics, but me being me, I, I bit of a rebellion. I didn't like the coaching standards. It wasn't for me, so we parted basically under agreement you know I wasn't for them and they weren't for me so I threw away the opportunity to a Winter Olympics two Winter Olympics yeah like wow. uh, Sarajevo and Lake Placid wow and when you talk about you didn't agree with the coaching standards that's quite a that's quite a statement that's me <laughs> um, I, I kind of I, I, I had a guy from the Royal Marines that was coaching me and um, it's like I said you find people in life that can really you really can relate, you know, they just the way it just worked with my coach and me and just these principles, these standards, his attention to detail, rather than just, you know, a session on a bit of paper of how hard and how long. This guy spoke about more about the feel and, and, and the sports I've done. And as I've got older, I've learned it's not how hard you train, it's how efficient you train. Okay. And that's a very interesting statement. And that's all so you can take into your work in life as well yeah. it's not how hard you work it's how efficient you work and that's kind of quite important and I basically had all those I found all those principles stripped away and I couldn't work with it you know because I yeah. can hurt as hard as the next guy yeah. and there's that thing in life it's not how hard you are it's how smart you are yeah. you know and uh, you know, and that's what racing and competing whether it's a boxing match a running race cycling you know it's how smart you are with yeah. where you're at with your standard like someone said to me you know on pay, on the, in the lab test you're not the fittest but you won't you won the race why and, and and that's what I said it's about efficient smartness thinking not just you know and that's what was missing from my program and I couldn't work with it so right big rare and told them what I thought and that didn't help and uh, yeah. <laughs> that was it opportunity passed come on was going to leave the marines the Falklands war was kicking off and I joined the special forces down here in Paul and um, yeah and I thought right okay 
this is it. And then I got into the sport of triathlon through default of trying to do a crazy London to Paris race, you know, run from London to Dover in a relay, swim the channel. We did get the trophy for being the channel the longest, but it was still a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> and then cycle to Paris, and that's wow. set me off another seven years for the British I've triathlon. I've done the cycle from Paul's Paris. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but not in a single stage. <laughs> yeah. like, right. Not quite your standard, Bernie. But, yeah. It's um, an achievement, though. Yeah, it's good. But And you talk about mindset a lot there already in this sort of short conversation we've had, Bernie. And you, do you really think that makes the difference between those that are good oh, yeah. and those that are excellent? Oh, yeah, Def- definitely. The, my life has been around, I've had the privilege supposed to be around so many superior athlete, athletic people, and not just in, in sport, in other walks of life, in the, in the military decisions. And, and it's kind of, it's just, it's the it's the it's the thought process that they have drilled or learnt, you know, yeah. the, the honesty. Because that's what I said. It comes down to the honesty with themselves and thinking, no, I'm sticking to this. This is the yeah. decision I'm going to make. You know, you've got to make that decision in a race. You've got to make that decision in a conflict of war. You know, or you know, you might it might be pure survival. I've got to I've got to get this right. You know, we're in the mountains here. I've got to you know you get it. I've got to get these decisions right. It's like this guy Nims that you read about. The guy, yeah. he's a friend of mine, and I saw all these stuff before it made the TV. You know, and um, remarkable man. And it's incredible that like he had to make that decision. It was very interesting speaking to him before he became super famous. You know, I was I was just renting a place up the road here, and he he just said, "Ah," oh, and I said, "My God, when you rescued that Indian woman, you know." who you found, you just walked past all these bodies and you saw a bit of movement in one of these bodies. Now you could have just mm. closed your eyes and carried on because you're in the death zone and you need. To, and they always say, you just got to look at, and as he said, you got to look after you. Yeah. But you saw this movement and you basically, basically created a world record for yourself for bringing down that Indian doctor. Yeah. And you saved a life. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, it's just honesty with yourself, Bernie. And that's an incredible. Yeah, yeah, an incredible thing. I mean, I could go everywhere with all these kind of things with yeah. so many different. But I just thought that's quite a nice one to bring one, to. Yeah, honesty with yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's... because well, 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 you kind of look at what I've done. You know, you can't, you can't really, if I can use the word bullshit, your way through a military mission because yeah. people die. Yeah. You know, you can't bullshit your way through a race because you get found out, you yeah. lose and you can make excuses like I've worked in motorsport you can blame the setup the car you can blame the tyres but at the end of the day you get found out eventually yeah. the engineers sit there and go well actually he's, that's not wrong I've, I've even been at a Formula 1 race where the drivers come in and said he's got a problem with the car they've gone around the back and they call rattle the spanners in the bag and they just yeah we'll take it off yeah we've changed it for you off they go they've done nothing incredible wasn't it Mind, yeah. mindset mindset again mindset again but mindset but also what an incredible team to have the confidence to do that you know yeah. so it's it's those kind of things that yeah so mindset i think if people come to me and you ask about what well, you know the coaching side the performance side whether it's in sport or your business if you actually get the people around you to understand the way you like to think and you share that with them and they agree or disagree, but you find some middle ground on that. You create a phenomenal team of excellence. That's mm-hmm. that's my vision on it, really. And you can build all the other building blocks around that. And you're, by by saying that, I assume you're a strong believer in it's, it's the strength and performance of the team in sport and elite sport, oh, not yeah. the strength of the individual. The individual's got to, I know, you've just got to, I always say to people, and I, I remember saying to a driver now, well, 
it's all done now you just got to get out and go and race we've done everything we've done everything we can yeah and it's very interesting you know not so many not so much of the famous people that are probably that have become famous now but in their early days and also some of the people recently i've worked with only two years ago that weren't so talented but you create this mindset this discipline mm. this standard that's all came from my early military career my sporting career because that's what my package is i didn't do i haven't done a degree i haven't yeah. listened i've been around the world listening to very clever people i've been up to loughborough university on a very famous professor clive williams to understand you know the science of performance but it's about you going away I call it the chef syndrome. So you get Jamie Oliver, Gordon Ramsay, they'll probably kill each other, but yeah. Gary Rose, you get all these chefs together and you give them the ingredients, go go and bake this cake. They'll mix up all the ingredients differently, yeah. but they'll produce that beautiful cake. Yeah. And that's, that's the art of it, you know, having the ingredients with the people around you. And so they all get the best out of the result, really, which is you. So, but that takes some leadership, doesn't it? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. because you know, there is... Particularly, I assume when you're trying to come together around one individual, you know, or perhaps with row as a group of individuals, and you've got the team. And yeah, how do you go about leading those people so that they all have this passion for the common goal to achieve? Well, I think it's about your integrity, your honesty. I mean, look what's going on in the political world at the moment. Yes. You kind of, it, you know, it's, it's slippery slope to nowhere, isn't it? And it's kind of, but sometimes with leadership. You can actually, you can have the support mechanism under you that's got good leadership as well, that creates your leadership. So I'm not saying, oh, the people underneath you made you famous. I don't don't say that. It's like I said, there's a a famous Australian guy who I got to meet, David Moffat, and he's... um, He's been a CEO of Telstra and he's gone on to, I think he, he had two jobs, one in the city in London and he was working for, a, he was a CEO of two companies and one in Hong Kong. And what was interesting about David Moffat, a very intense full hour, shared a hotel when we went out to Shanghai to watch um, Mark Webber race because uh, he's a fan and I was working with Mark at the time. And I shared a room with him because, you know, and it's very interesting that he'd get up at five in the morning and say, hey, Bernie, try these nine exercises. And I'm like getting out of bed, spinning <laughs> on your head. And, I mean, bloody hell. And I just thought, wow, you're just so, you know, you can call it intense because I'm pretty yeah. intense. He, but he was so driven and motivated about filling his day. But he started his day, like I said, it goes back to making your bed kind of thing. Yeah. He started his day with a task and yeah. he wanted to achieve that task. So it set him up for the rest of the day. And that's how it started, you know, and that's what. So leadership for me, the man at the top, the woman at the top, whatever, you, you've just got to have your principles and the people underneath you is like when things are going wrong, that they look up to you with respect, that they know that you've got that back. I think that's what leadership is, really. You okay. know, that's the that's the key thing. Because if you make someone feel good when times are bad, yeah, that's a clever that's a clever skill. And even though you at the top there are kind of toppling yourself, and it's easy to go around and yeah. point the finger and pass the buck. I think if you all get to group together and you say, "Well, I'm." I'm top of the tree here, you know, this is going wrong for us. What we are going to do now is how do we, how do we make it right? Yeah. And it, instead of pointing the finger, which goes on, what department have right you? And if that department has made it wrong, then there should be a support mechanism yeah. there to, to bring them through. Because that's how it works in my world. Definitely, if yeah. someone's gone wrong and someone's yeah. got injured in a military sort of situation, you know, you know, oh, you caught up. It's just, you know, that's what's happened. Yeah. Let's deal with it. Let's not just blame yeah. people. Let's get on and deal with it. Yeah, I mean... 
need two small businesses, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's how I show up that really counts. Mm. How I show up in good times is easy. Yeah. It's how when you show up when there's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always said, you know, and things go wrong yeah. under your watch, but you've kind of said, well, the buck stops with me. That's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I may not have made the decision, yeah. but I'm leading you, right, how do we all get out of this together? Yes. That's how it's got to be, isn't it? Oh, ab- absolutely, because it's just, you, you know, you can blame, you know, you can blame and it just... It's like I said to you, the disappointment I've had in working in business, and that's why I never forget when I left. I left. Uh, I left. Uh, I left my. I did the Commonwealth Games, which is demonstration sport for triathlon in nineteen ninety, and in ninety one, my birthday January, I was. Le- I left the Royal Marines. My wife was pregnant. With my son, and it was like right, you know, I've got to make a decision here. You know, um, right. I've got to, so I, I ended up working for a gym in Bournemouth somewhere, and. And after, I think it was about seven or eight months, it was the biggest disappointment in my life. You imagine you've just been to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. You've been a, one of the best in the world at adventure sports, triathlon and all that. And I'm not saying about, well, my ego, you should respect me. But I went to do a job and I wanted to do it well. And I, I realised this guy, weren't. it was about, you know, what we could get away with. And I remember him saying to me, oh, can you stay on an extra couple of hours? I said, well, it's New Year's Eve. And I basically passed him this broom. I said, no, you can stick that. <laughs> and, I, and, I said that and I said to him, this is the best thing I've learned about you is I'll never work for anybody else again. Ah. I worked for myself, and I did from 1991. I worked for Bernie Shrewsbury under different right. names, but basically, but that was it. I marketed Bernie Shrewsbury. And is that because? And that's clearly because of your own principles and Absolutely. morals and because way of wanting to approach work. Because the great thing about that is, yes, I was employed by teams. You know, my great, you know, the great working for the Pro Drive Subaru World Rally Team for Colin McRae. It was fantastic teams and then I crept into the world of Formula One which believe it or not was good in my early days but just the recent high-end team I worked for I was really disappointed it's quite surprising the leadership was poor I felt you know because money can cover up things and all that kind of stuff and yeah absolutely yeah absolutely really disappointed but my early days with the teamwork and I think especially in the motorsport it really is a massive engine Mm. Of, this, of compartments that make it work and some fantastic people but sometimes I've not been that brilliant with the people at the top you know I've worked for people like Flavio Briatore and people go oh wow. my god Character. he's yeah. he's a but he is absolutely fan- charismatic fantastic but I tell you what you do know where you stand with him <laughs> we are starting to get the theme that that's the kind of character you like <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's there, isn't it? It's yeah. not. It's not an agenda where someone's going to come in and say, "Oh, so and so said he's not happy with you. He wants you to move on." And oh, where's that come from? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, why is that? Has he? Have I outsmarted him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of. You know, it's that that kind of. That's how you feel. I think. Well, hang on, I haven't done nothing wrong here. I just think all I've done is a very good job here, and you don't like it. So, I I struggled with that. I yeah. I, I, I always have done, but then I've I've walked away and. I mean, a tongue-in-cheek comment, you know, people just say, oh, well, that's business. That's what they say to me. I just shot you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> is that the same? No, it's not, yeah. is it? You know what I mean? It's just... So have you struggled, do you think, to find the rhythm after being in the military? And you've had some great successes, so perhaps this is a harsh question, but do you think you've struggled in the civilian world having been, you know, in the elite forces and, you know, at that level of competitive sport I think to I've find been... your way? I think I've been disappointed, but I've also been very surprised that things that I didn't feel were going to end up turning out that great have been fantastic. So, 
it's kind of it's a hard one I mean you you never know until you take I mean that's yeah. why it's like for yourself you never know until you bring on that person into your team or you never know until you take on that task yeah. you've been given so you know so I've always learned not to be too harsh to comment on things which and the same as you should with people and that's a really interesting point about people because I never forget I remember talking to you about that I I got involved with some um, with Chase Manhattan looking at basically back years and years ago I was looking at management going into vice principals and it was kind of a team building exercise and just outdoor stuff and you know they're kind of good and they're not sort of thing yeah. but they are if they're not taken too seriously but I think there are some good comments and I never forget that I set some tasks and I thought to myself you know we've got senior people here and and it was kind of certain people that wanted to be important you know what I'm trying to say that okay. are kind of the you know I, I, I'm, I'm in charge you know every day I'm, I'm important but then I'll never forget one lad I gave a task and it was quite a you had to think out the box it took that kind of mind to think out the box to work out this map clue that I'd done and I thought it would take 40 minutes anyway within three minutes my friend who was helping at the time was a barrister he goes he's just said it I goes what? he goes he's just said the answer <laughs> but the great thing for me no one else listened to him so they fouled because after 40 right. minutes they fouled and my friend said to this guy can you stand up can you just tell him what the answer was and he said well I thought it was this and I said that's the answer and you see their faces because the difference to that was a, a meal in a pub yeah. or a military ration so they got a military ration so there, <laughs> so, so there you go listen to your team listen to your team <laughs> listen to what's said around you yeah but so many leaders, you know, I suppose, you know, you've, you've alluded to it, the fast at number 10 at the moment is poor leadership, but it's, you know, it's trying to protect one individual and it's, they're not listening to the people around them, are no, they? That's right. No, that's right. Yeah, no, that's the same, it's the same, same thing. Same principles, that, But that's, you know, that's bottom line of that is, is I've seen it before in life that, you know, a good man, but not a good leader, you know, yeah. and that's, but that's the outcome. That's going to be the outcome of that. Yeah. You know, there's only so much you can get away with it. And do you think, it's one of those old adage and questions, isn't it, is, Good leaders are born or made. That's a that's an interesting one. So, born. So you can't. Are you born a good leader? Well, I don't. I don't kind of get that personally. But what I do get is, you can be born into. Mm-hmm. So that means your upbringing. Yeah. Where does it start with respect? Yeah. Manners. All those basic basic principles you try and yeah. teach your children however hard it gets but you try and teach them even from my hard upbringing we were taught manners and respect values values and all those kind of things so that's so important so that's what comes with that can they be made I think basically you can give them the tools and the ingredients yeah it's whether they can run with them and that comes down to you the individual with your self-discipline your morals and standards basically so I think you don't just suddenly jump out of a box and you're a great leader it's, it's your you know because you can be some people think they're a good leader because they over talk everybody and they're in charge great okay. but can you function and can you you know especially in the world I work in yeah. whether it's a harsh adventure race where there's a team of you and you haven't slept for five days yeah. and you're trying to win a competition and all four of you are in a bad way and you don't feel great and you keep making errors it's about 
where's the leadership come from now? Where does the leader, or it could be a military situation in Arctic Norway mm. somewhere, or in the desert somewhere where things have gone wrong, where is the leadership in that? You know, that you can just have a go at each other. Well, what it should be about is right, this is where the situation is, this yeah. is where we're at, this is what we've got to do to achieve the goal. And it's about bringing the positives into this. That's what leadership's yeah. all about. It's just when the nose to the grindstone and things are not great, it's someone who can just give you that. It might only be the small micro lift up, yeah. but that sometimes is incredible in tough times. Yeah. And I've seen that in sport and I've seen it in a military situation. Yeah. So that for me, so you can, you can create leadership as in like you can take 30 people and say you're destined to be a great leader but maybe two will actually That's go on teach the principles aren't yeah. you? and everybody becomes yeah. a better leader as a result yeah. and there but there's probably a bit about that as you said that's a good point about your upbringing and your inner values and not necessarily your upbringing but the values yeah, that you hold yeah, true yeah, in life yeah, exactly yeah yeah your moral compass really, yeah your moral, moral compass. compass yeah yeah Perfect. but the thing is 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 that question is kind of like so some people might be used to poor leadership all their life you know they might have worked in a corporate world mm. where it's all about you know but then suddenly you do find yourself in a situation where you are working for someone and that's that usually embraces you to go on. I want to be like that. I've yeah. I've, I've had that to me happen many a times. Wow, I really, I really want to be. Wow, I really want to put this across. I want to be like that. And you, yeah. and that's what it's about, really. So a kind of you can embrace it and be it. But I don't think you're suddenly born a leader. And I don't think you can go away and spend four years studying to be a leader. Because I've seen it with the corporate world. The people I've been under, have still got those places they go back to where they just can't. You know yeah. that they're just self-made, their discipline or their makeup just can't yeah. bring that to the table. Brilliant. What I call good leadership. Now we're all equal yeah. in leadership at different levels. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the individuals that you've worked with. So you've worked with Jensen Button, Colin McRae, James Cracknell. I mean, the list goes on yeah. to these names that we all recognise as being, you know, wonderful elite sports people yeah what characteristics have you noticed perhaps in such individuals that perhaps makes them rise to the top and stay there that's an interesting one isn't it so i i think it's interesting when you meet these guys and you know whether it's james and or let's use weber for example james and weber when i meet these guys you're in admiration for that absolutely commitment to their goal, you know, they want to win. Yeah. You know, I remember Weber when he was in Formula 3000 and, you know, we had his last race at Monaco, you know, and, and he, he just wanted to see me before the last race. Now, there's nothing I could bring to it. It was just, believe it or not, sometimes just reassurance, just, okay. uh, you know, because these guys, you know, are hard and tough, whether it's a boxer going into the ring or whatever, a guy or a girl, either or whatever is we all suffer that thing oh wow this is it now i've got to make it happen and the characteristics that they bring is kind of like i think their self-belief in them their dedication their self-dedication to that you know to and just basically the best thing i think the most important thing which is for everybody out there is absolutely dealing with failure because mm. you don't just suddenly win no it's about the journey, you know, you look at the journey of uh, of all these guys, and like I said, one of the most interesting part of my life is seven years with the men's heavyweight Olympic rowing, and watching that harsh regime to make it as a, you know, because I'll never forget a fantastic brief by Jurgen Grobel on my birthday, the third of January, when he says, "Okay, men, here we are, altitude camp, 
a new season, a new Olympic year. The bar needs to be raised, otherwise we will be beaten. There are 26 of you and 14 seats. Good luck. <laughs> How about that to start you? That's an insurrection speech that sets the standard, doesn't it? That's, but that's, that's what it's about. And that's what, you know, these yeah. guys, and I think these, these guys that make it, you know, they're so, their characteristics like Colin McRae back in, bless him, mm. back in his day, he was kind of so flamboyant. I mean, I worked with two really interesting characters. You had Carlos Saint Senior, who okay. was, um, and Colin in the same team. You got Carlos, Colin, are gonna have a few beers the night before and be chilled. And he'll be driving his car and he'll come into the stage and he's quite chilled, takes a helmet off and then, Carlos Saints across the line, two tents behind him, over 25, 30 yeah. Ks. And Carlos Saints would be dripping wet. You'd have to drill holes in his seat to drain the water out of it. Two different characteristics of driving school, but both the same. So that was probably an interesting part yeah. of my career to witness that, how two people were so different, but was, could, could create the same. In performance terms of same exactly. place. Yeah, yeah. So, but the characteristics were so different. Carlos would sit all night looking at every detail of the yeah. car. Colin was just this, like I said, he knew what was right. He was one of these guys that went on field. He could feel, that this is right. He'll get in the car and he'll drive, he'll come back and go, hey guys, get this, this is not right. I want that done, that done, and that. And then, and, and then he'll drive it and he'll come on the right. Very good. That's all he would say. <laughs> they all waited for that. But the kind of attention to detail Colin yeah. had, even people say, oh yeah, but Colin was a bit of a wild guy and all that. He'll drive out of a, you know, out of a service um, stage and you drive the rally car up the road and you'll hear this hey guys the steering wheel is not at 12 o'clock so there's a mark on the steering yeah. wheel and it was just off and someone said it was about two millimeters out because obviously for him it's a focal point yeah so that's the attention to detail wow. so that's a characteristic yeah but attention it, to detail but you do it that in a relaxed yep. kind of fashion as well yeah. whereas you've got others that are very kind of yeah, focused yeah. they yeah. know about every detail but, yeah 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 but Failure is quite an interesting one. I just want to pick up on something you said a couple of minutes ago about how people deal with failure. Because in life, mm. in business, in yeah. whatever we do, we're going to fail, aren't we? Yeah. So those that succeed, how do they... Oh, clearly, they deal with failure better. Yes. But how do they deal with failure better? I just think it comes back to your honest, being honest with yourself about why did I fail? Look at why did I fail? Why did I get this wrong? Why have I got this wrong? Or why am I not getting this right? And I think if you can strip it back yeah. and just make some notes about, right, this is whether it's an athlete, whether it's a work achievement goal. I mean, I know if you set the exams, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna struggle in the exams. I'll have to go the extra mile to pass mm. exams because I just, you know, my brain just doesn't, you know. But the deliverables, Yeah. I guarantee you, I will deliver as good as anybody. I'm that confident. But if you said it right, write down your, you, you, you know, your result. I'll, I'll be, hey, Bernie ain't finished yet. Yeah, catch up, Bernie. I, it won't be as great as the actual, the true deliverables of what, yeah. what what you want. So, I had to deal with failure in a different way because obviously I knew that when I did my special forces course, was I going to fail the, those exams? You know, quite hard. So I had to do it extra education yeah. to catch up so I could keep up. So I was at school. Even in, you know, when I joined the services at 16, I, I was in the services, but when the guys could go out and have fun, I had to go to school for, you know, two, yeah. two hours a week, you know, to, to, to get that. So that's how I had to deal with failure. I had to, you know, work I had harder, to work, work, focused, work, work, yeah, yeah, just, but just, weaknesses. but not, but not beat yourself up over it. Yeah. The biggest problem is if you beat yourself up and you see it in kids in sport, 
because I always say to kids in sport, it's very interesting that kids in sport, you know, the parents are there, and you know, I've been involved in swimming, it can be quite intense. You know, watch your kids, and it's parents with stopwatches, clipboards, or you go to a tennis thing, and the intensity is incredible. But if your child is always gold medaling at eight or nine, or always on the podium, why well, don't they get to 12 and they're fourth? They don't go up yeah. the podium. So, kind of. You know, and there was a great quote from a very good friend of mine, a great coach and a great athlete, Robin Brew, Olympic swimming captain, one of the greatest triathletes as well out there. I remember forget Robin saying, he said, you know, I, I, I took years to make it in swimming. You know, so considering my dad was a high-end coach, a coach, Sharon Davis, he said that, you know, the only way it worked for me was eventually these top guys that kept beating me gradually packed up. <laughs> and he said, and then I got on the podium, but he said, then I took it to the next level without that enough. Yeah. So sometimes don't try. So the answer to this is is what's coming out of this is is don't try to get up there too quickly without the stepping stones in place or the building blocks in place. Mm-hmm. Get there when you're right and ready for it, so you don't have these failures. I mean, you've got to come up against failures to make you who you are yeah. today. But if you keep failing, start asking yourself why am I failing? Uh, yeah. Unattainable goals, you know putting too much pressure on yourself you know I want to be like them but it just doesn't work like that you yeah. know and you'll, you'll get found out so that leads on to another subject which is around resilience I suppose mm. because if you're going to go on that kind of journey and yeah. you, you you're going to go on it with longevity and purpose then you've got to be resilient yeah you? and I think that we're in this kind of world where perhaps it's easy you know to give up or say I'm not very good at and try and move on to the next thing but those succeed, succeed tend mm. to have resilience don't they which yeah. kind of reflects on what you're saying but how can somebody hone their resilience or improve their resilience do you see and from your experience what some of the key athletes that you've worked with done yeah well it's got tough you know I, I, I hope to not diverse too much on this but you know the thing is now we've got so many issues out there in society that gives us platform to fold and collapse very easily now with mental health issues i mean i i'm going to pick on you know someone now and you you, you know i i kind of you know the word ptsd to me is quite a disturbing word now i know it's been brought into the celebrity world you know where yeah. you're a reality star next thing you're nobody and then these people aren't taking their lives i just but but I, I remember a guy did an article in the Times, and he was an Olympic rower, and he very, and I know him very very well, and I was quite disturbed. And also he'd done a podcast, and a lot of guys were really in support of this about this, and I won't mention his name, but he was in support of, you know, he's saying how now his Olympic career's over, how he's got PTSD. Now that angered me a bit because PTSD, mm-hmm. I think it should be categorised because PTSD is when you've seen what military guys have gone through you know, been involved in some of these horrific, horrific, you know, you know, you imagine you've got your friend's body parts on you. Let's, let's get real here. Yeah. You know, and that's PTSD. You go home to see his wife and you've lived through that. That's a, a lot, you know, some of the men and women that have gone through these horrors and you start categorizing, you know, you talk about resilience, you know, how do these guys get up? And, you know, I've met some incredible people, really incredible people. So driven by that because they will, they want to end their life, drink themselves stupid, yeah. end it all tomorrow, whatever, or get violent. They just anger at the world. So, kind of, you've got to you've got to be careful with HR. Must be a nightmare now because, you know, ha, ha, you know, if someone come and work for me, you know, you know, I'm not going to be rude here, but 
if you're not looking after yourself, I'm not saying I'm not say you've got to be built like Arnold Schwarzenegger or mm. some beauty queen to come and work for Bernie Shrewsbury, but I want you to have something. I want you to you got. I want you to. It goes back to the you know um, William McRaven's thing. You know you know where your task starts in the day. What do you do? You know, do you just roll out of bed and turn up to work and hope you get yourself through the day? You know, that's that's the kind of thing I worry about when you talk about these resilience. You know, is 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 it comes back to. It's, it's an easy cop out today. It's an easy cop out. I failed at work. Well, I've got I've got issues at home now. I'm sure everybody has. I'm sure everybody, I, I'm not being harsh on these people. Yeah. There's some people who have got some really harsh things. And I remember, I did a presentation to the national, tri- uh, sorry, the NHS department up in Birmingham, and there was a nurse there, and I was talking about all these kind of things. And what I didn't take on board is when I saw her afterwards, she came put her arm around me. She cried and just said. Do you know I just about can pay to live? And she was an NHS nurse. This is going back a long time ago. And I thought, wow, you know, you, you know, you're standing there talking to these people and you don't realise mm. what home life's like. So yeah. I kind of I'm being hard, but I'm not. Yeah. You've got to you've got to deal with these things. And you have to and I think it I don't know, maybe I would struggle for set up a company and have to I'd sit around a table. I would definitely want to sit with people and say, right, guys, we've got to talk about what the job really involves and what's expected from you. Because half the time, I don't think people realise what does up. And you will be up against this, and this might bring you some quite a lot of stress. And I want to know if, I think what you've got to do is you've got to manage all this before it gets to the dark hole. But that's about being up front, isn't it? Absolutely. That's a great point, Bernie. Absolutely. So, so many of us, you know, in business, in life, that when we try challenges, we're not realistic about what it's going to take to yeah. achieve success. Yeah. And also you may you may realise this is where the leadership comes in, that the person or the persons that you've you've given a task, that they've realised it's a bit beyond them, but you might be a kind of leader in your world, yeah. that you're unapproachable, that they, they, they yeah. see it foul before they get yeah. them to this point where they, it breaks down. And I blame you. Hmm invertedly at the yeah. top of the tree I blame you at the top of the tree because you didn't you didn't they were too frightened to approach and that's what you've got to look at you've got to look at I consider my background is I'm quite a I'm quite a very kind caring caring person but I don't do grey I'm afraid yeah. I do the black and I do the white and I'll have you all worked out very very quickly because that's one thing skill I have got but what I will do is I guarantee you that if you're struggling on something i will throw a team of people you to make sure you lift up and you're floating like the rest of the team that's probably the best thing i can give you because i've seen that happen and i've seen guys on special forces course that i thought my god he's really in a dark place and sometimes it's a small a small nugget that can lift them and they actually have gone on to become incredible i'll give you an interesting story I was on my parachute course and the SAS and the S, we, we used to do the same parachute course together and I bumped into these two Scottish lads, both Scots guards, just past the SAS and one of them was just having a few beers, giggling, laughing, jokes. I thought this is, and I said to his mate, I said, this guy, I said, he's f- incredible. He's just a personality, he's always got the wit, the humour. Yeah. He says, Bernie, you never know where he come from. I said, his parents were alcoholic druggies. He used to turn up at school with no shoes on sometimes. He ran away from home, went into a home, he joined the Scots Guards, and he went on to become a very, very senior officer in the SAS. So you talk about resilience, drive, passion, go get. You know, if you've got a little bit of that, and you've got a team behind you, 
look what you can create. Yeah. You know, that's that's how I look at things. So I never, I used to be, I'm terrible. Some I look back at some of the things I've said. I remember doing a presentation talking about performance sport, and some question. Hello, yeah, what's your question, please? Take the mic. How'd you breathe? And I laughed at him, and I laughed at him, and I. And afterwards, he came up to me in tears yeah. and said, "You really, really embarrassed me, Bernie." And I, you know, and I realised I was a putting it a bit of a cocky little shit. What I, yeah. because I was up there as a top athlete, and which means how do you breathe? And then when I got to afterwards, I said, doing that caring thing, I thought, you know, I felt bad. Yeah, I said, you recognise what you've done. Yeah, I done wrong. I said, I put my, I said I was really rude there. I apologise. What do you mean? What, let's talk about this. Let's get in contact, and I'm going to sort this out for you. He said, "Well, I, you know, in the swimming, and and sometimes, you know, when I get nervous." And I thought, "Oh wow, you know, this guy is yeah. suffering suffers from anxiety, basically." And I never clocked it. So I've learnt myself about yeah. failure and doing things wrong because if I didn't have rectified that, he could have gone away for the rest of his life and thought, "I met that Bernie Shrewsbury. My God, in pumped on people think that anyway." But <laughs> hey, do I care? But but you know what I'm trying to say? I. I wanted to put that right. Yeah. And that's what you've got to be able to do yeah. with leadership and who you are. When people are looking up to you, you've got to make sure you can give your best. Yeah. And and there was a mistake that I made. At least I put my hand up. So, you to early again, you're in your early 60s now, Bernie. What continues to drive you? Because I can see what drove you early yeah. in life, but what drives you now? Well, someone said to me, Shrewsbury, are you still competing? I says, no, I participate, but at bloody high level. <laughs> so I, I, I love what I do. Right. It was never been about money. It's about passion. It's about, I love, you know, I've got a camper van now out the front. I, I, love the, I, I love the escapism. I think escapism is priceless. And you look at a lot of the mindfulness at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it all my life. If you look at my logo, I've got, which is a guy done from my jacket. I'm sorry about doing this while we're talking because no one can see it. But that lo- water, water over rock is a yeah. logo. Now, water over rock goes back to, let's go back to Burnley when I was 13, when a teacher took me to Simmons Yacht in Wales, uh, in Herefordshire, to kayak. And that changed my life. That's when I found out who I was at 13 because I became, I got in the white water at 13 and yeah. found I was very good at it. I found something I was good at. I yeah. wasn't good at doing the English exam and I wasn't good at doing... You know, I was good at the basic you know, maths and geography, and but I was very poor at English and reading. I turned down being a prefect at school because I was asked to read the Bible in front of the school because right. I knew I'd struggle to read. So there you go. Yeah. There's the cards on the table. But Walk Over Rock, I believed, and this is what you'll do with what drives you, is I believed that when the water went over the rock as a little kid, it's pure. Yeah. And the rock was hard and strong. And they gave me the two things I needed to succeed where I am today. Wow. And it still drives you to this Still day. drives me to this stuff. So, one of the things that is worth talking to you about, because, you know, you've been a performance coach, fitness coach to all of these you know, wonderful sports people that, we you know, the listeners and I would look up to, you know, the, particularly the, the likes of the Connie McRae's, yeah, yeah. the Mark Webbers of this world. If somebody is just thinking, look, I want to improve my physical performance, my physical well-being... Um, where should they really start? That's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's funny. You walked in, I'm texting away to a guy who's a very, very senior person in one of the biggest banks in the world. And I'm texting him and he's in Hong Kong. Right. No, sorry, New York. Okay. Sorry, he's in New York. Yeah. And I'm, no money involved, he just asked. He wanted 
you know, whereas if I was to talk about where he is in the world, he's yeah. probably <laughs> top five in one of the biggest banks in the world. Yeah. And he's asking me some very, very basic questions. And, I, and I'll say the same thing, is the most important thing is, is, is a t very short, like, like your business, short attainable goals. You don't want to sit here and say, right, we're going to go and buy an office in, we're going to have offices in the Gherkin yeah. and we're, hopefully we're going to get this because you won't get it and you'll fail and it will be a heartache, it'll be a break. That's like saying, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run a marathon next year and you've struggled to run 3K, you know. Now, you may be able to get there, yeah. but what you should do is find out, most importantly, what you enjoy. Do you enjoy doing things on your own like me? I don't really need to be around people. Mm. I go cycling five hours in New Forest on the gravel bike. I don't want to be with anyone. I hate yeah. it if I see someone. It ruins my day. Um, Snap. <laughs> or, or do you like to go and be in an environment where people motivate you, yeah. team stuff like a, a workout class. It might be anything from a yoga Pilates yeah. class through to a fitness class. Or do you want that escapism, get away from everybody, outdoor stuff? So I, I just say to yourself is go out and find out where you're at by not hurting yourself. Because I say to people, don't go out and do 3K, let's say for a jog, mm. walk, and, and come back and I always say go around the block and start your watch and three weeks later, hey Bernie, I've knocked 30 seconds off, knocked a minute off my run around the block. Go further. Right. You know, this is the building blocks. Because yeah. like I said to you, I'll go right back to the very beginning. Anyone can hurt. Yeah. We all hurt at different levels, I know that. My pain threshold's pretty good still for an old boy. But it's about going out there and, and doing it, and it's got to come with a pleasure, like going back to me as a boy. I didn't sit on those rapids to hurt and get battered by the rocks and the rough water nearly drowning. I went in there to learn and feel. Remember, I go right back, it's about how efficient you make yourself. Yeah. That's what I've told you. It's not about how hard you train, no. it's about how efficient you make yourself, whether you're changing gear on a hill climb, you know, whether you're running with a little less hard drive up a hill, a muddy hill and all that kind of stuff. So go out and find something that makes you feel good and then basically build on it all the time. But the most important thing is go out and find what you enjoy and then you can start putting targets and goals on top of it. Because you're gonna do that with your business. Yeah. The first thing you're not gonna do is go, right, we're gonna spend, we're gonna do all this and here's the goal. And I, I, I'm probably wrong me, I probably, you know, I'll probably get, if I sit around a table of people, they will say, okay, let's sit down and start doing our projections for the year. Do you know, I, I've sat with so many people who said, well, I, I don't want to do that because I don't really know if they're realistic. Yeah. You know, it's like me saying, right, I'm going to run a two, I've run a 2.32 marathon in my day. It's like me saying, right, I'm going to run a 2.15 marathon. But I kind of look at this, what I've got had to do back then to achieve a 2.15 marathon. Maybe, maybe, but the stress, the emotions, the yeah. selfishness that you need to achieve that is massive. So that's what you, to treat, this, keeping fit exactly the same. Don't make it a misery. Have a bit of competition, have a bit of fun, but don't make it every session. Yeah. Because otherwise you won't enjoy it and you will fail. And you won't sustain it, which exactly. is what most yeah, people yeah, fail yeah, at, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And where do you fit with um, technology and apps and all of that? kind of thing I think we probably just start to touch on yeah. it there maybe yeah, well, but, it's, you know, what, you know, yeah it's, the world's being taken over by technology in terms of fitness do you know what it's kind of I, you, as you know you, I've done a, uh, a podcast about this and this was about um, the, you know like I call it the weekend warrior trying to achieve you know people that have got a full time job and trying to achieve that excellence and the problem is is that 
I, obviously, that's so important. You need data to tell you where you're at and what's going on. But that's what it does. Yeah. It tells you where you're at and what's going on. It doesn't coach you. No. It just tells you, you know, because, you know, if you're in a race and it says, well, actually, you need to be running, you know, 0.5 a K quicker to achieve the goal you've set yourself. Well, this machine ain't going to do it because it doesn't want to do it. How do you feel? Failure. Yeah. So what you've got to be careful of is that because people, what people don't realise in the early days is as you take up fitness there's lots of things happen the body changes over a lot after 12 weeks you know you're going to start losing weight you're going to start gradually conditioning the muscles you start to become more and more efficient we're talking about any sport you take here swimming and all that more sports take more technical ability like swimming cross-country skiing cycling once you start to understand the mechanism i still see people on 12 grand bikes that don't even know how to ride them properly yeah great for me um <laughs> but but what you've got to do with all this stuff, with the technology, again, is you use it as a guidance because that's what it's there for, yeah. you know. And people knock me when I did a podcast talking about, you know, and I actually, because in my day it was a heart rate monitor and a stopwatch and it was only the latter part I got a heart rate monitor. Most of my career was just going out with people and time and feeling how the natural body feels. Uh, natural feels, yeah, yeah. And then, then you can obviously test yourself out, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to go and run... I don't know, um, I'm gonna go and run 5K in you know, 20 minutes, uh, and you run it and you do it in 24 minutes, you realize you're really out, you're really yeah. wrong. So you need to adapt your training back yeah. to get you back to that, you know, to, to find your, your small incremental achievement. So the data is there for that, but the most, I, people say to me, what do you do? So we'll just go and run. You can record it, but don't look at your watch. Yeah. Put a masking tape or put a, put a shirt sleeve over. Don't look at it. Yeah. Don't keep, like I said, you don't worry about how quick that K was. I mean, every now and then, get out there. But if you're just starting out, because what happens is, is once you start seeing these big chunks come off, then you get to your plateau area. Yeah. And then you've your got... Your motivation can drop quite well, quickly. Well, actually, there's, 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 these, these lines I've seen all my life. So you get your plateau area where you just drift along. And then suddenly you get your peak where you wow, this is me. And when you reach that peak, that's where you think you are all the time. Yeah. So people try to train at that peak level. And that's where you get burnt out and run down, moody. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what happens. So you really need to, so the idea, so what I'm trying to say to you is unless it's managed by a good coach, sometimes the data side can work against you. So be careful. Okay. So, one final question as we draw this conversation to close, which I really enjoyed, Bernie, is it is the Evolve to Succeed podcast. So I'm going to have to ask you, you know, with everything you've learned in life, all of those people that you've mentored, coached, all of those experiences in the military, what's your personal definition of success? Wow. Big one, that, isn't it, really? Well, uh, with a big question. Yeah, what's my definition of success? It's just, I don't know, I suppose... Achieving that surprising goal you never thought you were going to achieve, I suppose that's that's all. Because I, I I did it, you know, I yeah. did achieve something I never dreamed I would ever achieve, and 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 it wasn't me; it was the team around me. Okay, brilliant. And that's through everything you've done in life. Exactly, brilliant, Bernie. If people want to learn more about you um, and what you're up to, where can they go? Well, I've I don't I've I've kind of retired, but it's since I've retired, I've realised I'm getting busy again. But you can just <laughs> if you want to ping me an email, Bernie Shrewsbury at aol.com. I'm happy, or if they get in contact with yourself, yeah. I'm quite happy even face to face because I don't live far from here, and I'm happy to have a coffee with a few people or a group of people if you want to put that Brilliant. on. 
Fantastic. Come and join and the you group have written a book, haven't you? So. Well, yeah, it goes back a long way. It's 2004. I think Mark Webber looks about 11 in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's called Inspired. It was a done for the motorsport. It was a, like a general fitness book for the city. But a lot of people said they liked the beginning about how my life started off as a young lad and right. my achievements through the through the years, all the sports and what drove me, you know, the outdoor, the elements yeah. and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and grab a copy of it off Amazon myself. So, Bernie, thank you. Thank you very for much. For being a great guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.